Yo, yo, what's going on, big dogs? Welcome into another episode of Adams Plus One. This episode features a great friend of mine, Sabri. Sabri is a doctor that specializes in hematology and oncology. He is also a lifelong and diehard Chicago Bears football fan. During this episode, we discuss the recent news at Hallis Hall. Sabri also gives me his prediction for each game heading into wildcard weekend. If you enjoyed this episode, as always, please give it a share. Let's dive in. These the topics I really want to dive into, which is why we have you here, Sabri, is I want to talk about the Chicago Bears. Just give me your initial reaction. And we're going to get to the coaching and the offseason. Give me your initial reaction from, from the, the Week 18 loss to Green Bay. Thank you for having me on, Adam. So, I, you know, watching that game was like watching a movie that you've on rerun. But the only difference is the actors are different. Right. And what I mean by that, I was really watching that game, focusing in on the quarterback play. Uh, and, you know, you think that, you know, Aaron Rodgers leaves the Green Bay Packers and we might finally for once have an edge at quarterback. And just looking how Jordan Love just really he dominated the game. You know, people might say, well, it's 17 to nine. They left a lot of points on the table. They, they missed the field goal. They 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 messed up at the end of the half. Those are that's six points right there. There was a drop touchdown, and then you had the Jordan Love fumble, which was a play that was not his fault. It was, he actually it was a wide receiver screen that was botched, and he was he he ran to the right. It was a broken play, and then just looking at how Jordan Love operates, and just seeing him dissect our defense, and Justin Fields just struggling to move the ball. I mean, how three he got five sack times, five times, uh, three key third down sacks. It's like the same thing, like nothing has changed. And it's like, I want, for once, I want to have a quarterback, like like Green Bay always has. And, and, and what we see too, right, is Jordan Love drafted, sat three years. Yeah. Hey, has Jordan Love had three coordinators, two coordinators in multiple years? No, he's had the same head coach, same offense, same everything. It's like Green Bay has a factory up there, right? And mm-hmm. And it's always consistent. And you never... Like, if you just look at Green Bay and you compare the two, they've always had an offensive head coach number one, Sob. I think that's very important to point out, yeah. right? They always – they've gotten rid of guys a year early, like maybe even two years. They got rid of Favre a little earlier, right? Favre can still play. He had a great year with the Vikings afterwards, two years later. Rodgers, I think he's going to be fine with the Jets. He's gonna, he can still play. But they drafted in advance because, to me, the difference between the two organizations, like the Packers are like mature adults saving for retirement, always planning ahead, right, Sob? Yep, you're absolutely right. And the Bears are just out there, like, hit or miss with everything, right? Like, risk it all, trying to get rich in, in one shot. <laughs> and it never works. And you're always just, while they're always trying to stumble along, the Packers are just staying steady, putting money away, putting it in the stock market. We'll get our 6%. We'll get our 8%. Cumulative returns. You know what I mean? <laughs> no, you're, you're absolutely right. And, and just like, put, it, put it in perspective, just the, the not to compare – I mean, we are comparing Jordan Love to Justin Fields. You know, Justin Fields. Here's a stat for you. Justin Fields. Um, so in in seventeen or, or Jordan Love, I'm sorry, he plays played seventeen games one season. He has thrown thirty two touchdown passes. Justin Fields has played double the amount of starts as Jordan Love, and he only has eight more touchdown passes. The progression that we have seen from Jordan Love. Now, granted, it's not totally just one year. He sat out for three years. But the progression that we have seen, the improvement in Jordan Love that we've seen just in one year, he's ahead of Justin Fields, who's been playing for three years. For three years. <laughs> I mean, 
I mean, you're watching him too. What I find amazing is, do you remember the throws to the end zone this past game where um, I know one of them was, it, it looked like a catch almost, right? The yeah, other the one, one melted. Yeah, the early one, it looked like Stevenson just made a great play on the ball, great throw. Yeah. But the second one, this is what I'm talking about with Fields, and I haven't seen it, and I don't think we're ever going to see it, which is why I'm ready to move on. You see the way the Packers set it up. It's against his own defense. The first receiver goes through. Eddie Jackson is our safety. He has to respect that. So that's called the clear out. Here comes the clear out. Then by the time the next guy comes, double post, whatever you want to call it, tons of teams run the concept. The ball's like already out. As soon as Eddie Jackson leaves that window, right? Ball's out. Have you seen Fields make that throw? He never, he can't make that throw. I don't think he processes the game like that. Okay. He can't beat the Packers. Look what the Packers, another thing. Let's step back about schemes, the coaching, because coaching is an issue and we'll get to it. What did the Packers do? They play zone mostly on defense. What do they do against Fields? Blitz five, no run lane, man-to-man, throw someone open. Justin Fields has never thrown anyone open. He throws the ball DJ Moore when he's open, but he doesn't throw anyone open from the pocket. He can't beat simple man coverage with five people in his face. And I know people said, I watched the game, so the offensive line didn't block that well. I get it, but you have to throw with some anticipation. Like you can, There are ways around it. It's year three. Like I, I haven't seen it. I don't see it. We're sitting here these past few days and I, I actually am, and I want to move on to the, if you're if you're okay with it, let's move on to the coaching. Do you have anything to say on that? Just one last comment. I, I, I can try to remember the defensive player. I watched the post game interviews for both the green Bay Packers and the Chicago bears. There was one speak. It's just, just to, to highlight Joe Barry's defense for the Packers has been terrible all year. Terrible. Terrible. They rank at the bottom. I mean, you know, Bryce saying the Panthers put up 30 points. He should have won the game against them. Yeah. Okay. And they're, and they're the last, the worst team in the NFL. So just to comment, there was a player, and for, forgive me for not remembering his name, he mentioned about the scheme versus the Chicago Bears, particularly Justin Fields. And what he said was really alarming. He said, our game plan going into the game was to keep Justin in the pocket, don't let him run, and we don't think he can beat us from the pocket. And it happened. And it happened. That's, 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 the, that's the ball game. That's the ball game. That's it. That yeah. is the game. And, and he, I think it, I remember the quote. He basically said, make him play quarterback from the pocket, and we'll, we'll feel pretty good. And they looked pretty good. It's 2020. We're going into 2024. We're in 2024. We have a quarterback that threw 16 passes, right, in that game, completed 11 and threw for 150 yards. I'm sorry, man. I'm tired of it. I don't want it. Now, here's – now, go ahead. You have something to say to that? No, no, no. Go, please. Okay, so I want to move on. We talked about fields. What We talked about the game. I think we both agree. I hope we both agree on this. Matt LaFleur is a better coach than Eberflus, okay? I think Dan Campbell is a better coach than Eberflus. I think Kevin O'Connell is a better coach than Eberflus. Do you agree with me on that? No question. Okay, we have the worst coach in the in the division, and it's not, it's not a – I'm not bagging Eberflus. They're just better coaches. Schematically in that game, it's a very obvious. They just picked the Bears apart. A bullseye. Yeah. Right. So now let's move on. We hear radio silence from House Hall for multiple days, Okay. And the news breaks today, and I just want your reaction. You hear the news breaks after multiple days of radio silence. A lot of coaches on the market. The Bears are firing their complete offensive staff. Eberflus is staying. What does Sob think about that? Confused. Confusion. Uh, so it's such a missed opportunity. I don't understand why you would keep your head coach, right? This is the year where your, your head coach has won 10 football games. He's 10 and 28, I believe, right? He – Really, we're in an era where it's like all offensive coaching. Like, it's, you got to hire an offensive coach. Like, uh, like the majority of the playoff coaches, I think ten out of the twelve of them are offensive-minded coaches. Eberflus, um, I don't know what he's done to keep his job. I and I think that we're using Luke Getzi as a scapegoat. But more importantly, 
right? There's two things that I want to say about this matter about coaching. One is, is that this is the best coaching free agency class ever. That's not, that's not a hyperbole. That's not like a hot take. It, it is. You got Jim Harbaugh on the market. You got Bill Belichick on the market. You got Dan Quinn on the market. Mike Rabel on the market. I mean, and and, and Pete Carroll, Pete Carroll's actually, he, he's, he, he's still going to stay with the Seahawks as an advisory role. So he's technically not on the market. So the free agency class is the best it's ever been. So you could have moved, you could have got a clear upgrade over Matt Eberflus. That's number one. And number two is for the first time, I think in in in, in the, you know in a while, the Bears. If let's say the Bears did fire Eberflus today, and I had this conversation with you up there, the Bears head coaching job is the best opening in the NFL. And I'm not saying that as a fanboy. I'm saying that as look at objectively, right? You have the number one overall pick. You got a you got a top ten defense. Okay, you have salary cap. You're in a great market. You know you have a lot of things going for you. This off season is huge. You could really, if you're an offensive co- uh, a coach, you could go there and be like, I want to pick my quarterback. I want to ride with Caleb Williams, or even say like Justin Fields. I want to ride with Justin Fields, and I can build a team. And instead, we run it back with a coach who's won ten games in two seasons. So I just very confused of as far as what is the goal in House Hall. What's the standard? What is the standard? How serious are you about winning? Okay. Because that's what I want to know. Now, I, I love what you said about every everything. I agree with everything you just said. Here's what's also awesome. You have all everything you said, just to add one more point. I know you said you can go fields or draft a quarterback. We don't have Zach Wilson at quarterback. So let's get this straight. I'm saying, hey, I, I'm done with fields. I, I don't, but he could probably net high. The best you're going to get is probably a second round pick, but at least a third. You're going to get something for Fields if you get rid of him. So, what are the Jets going to get for Zach Wilson if they traded him? Nothing. I'm, they're not going to be able to probably. So it's like even in that situation with the quarterback you have, he is a he he is an asset that can be moved. Okay. Now, I'm I'm happy that you said you're confused because here's what I I want to I like accountability, right? So I'm listening to the press conference today. Did you listen to this press conference today with Eberflus? So I I wrote down some quotes for you, okay? Because we're confused, and I'm confused too. So I'm going to read off a few quotes. Uh, let's start with Let's start with Ryan Poles because he started off with with what he had to say. They asked Ryan Poles, um, "The most important thing is continuity. That's very important. So interesting to me that uh, they want continuity. The only co- only they let go of seven coaches." There's no defensive coordinator. There's no offensive coordinator. There's no continuity. So it was so important. You might as well start over because it wouldn't make more sense to start fresh and like then have tons of continuity. It's like, feels like that's the opposite of what we're doing. We're not keeping continuity. We're just keeping the head coach. So he talks about continuity being a big deal. They also raved about Eberflus's ability to handle adversity. Now, Saab, I'm going to make this comment and then I'm going to let you talk about it. Why should we, should we, or my question is, should we award him with, you did a great job handling the adversity, but then we're going to also ignore the fact that he created the adversity, not being pre- prepared for week one against the Packers and his defensive coordinator situation. What do you think about that? I mean, I mean, what, I mean, what has he done? How did he, how did he, how was he so well prepared for adversity? You said it on the money. He was totally, there, we, he, how many games were the Bears totally out coached? And it actually, it was a, it was a astonishing, uh, you know, 
thing I did, I went back and I looked at the wins. Look at the quarterbacks that Matt Eberflus has beaten. Just a bunch of scrubs, no names. You know, I mean, he has. We do not beat elite teams, right? I talked about it. You know, they lost three games, close, really close games that they should have won. The Browns, okay, the Broncos and the Lions. They win those games, right? They're a ten-win team. Totally different conversation we're having right now. And what I believe. When it comes down to speaking of adversity, adversity is the Cleveland Browns game. You're up, right? Cleveland's making a comeback. They have the momentum. You as a coaching staff, okay, know how to weather the storm, all right, and get your offense on track. He didn't do that. Same thing with the Broncos game. So I don't see how. Same thing with the Detroit game. The Detroit game up 12 with four minutes. You can't close it. You can't close it. So don't tell me that he did a good job of managing adversity. He clearly did it. He lost those games. He lost those games. That's a great point because now you're talking about in-game adversity because they're talking about in the building. And in mm. the building adversity of the coaches being like, oh, well, he created it. You brought that defensive coordinator in, right? Yep. Okay. So you weren't prepared for Green Bay week one. That was a big deal. Mm-hmm. And and everything you said about those games, I love what you just said about the teams they beat. They're, then they ranted and raved about the improvement. So let's talk about the improvement that Bears made this year. They won seven games. So 2022, uh, they won three games. Now they've won seven. Okay. Four of the teams that they beat just fired their head coach. They beat the Cardinals. The Cardinals are in the top five. They beat the Raiders. I don't know where the Raiders are picking, but I'm pretty sure they're close to top five, right? I think they're, I think they're in the top 10. Yeah. Top 10. Right. Yeah. So before those, those, those teams that you beat, they don't have, they, they got, they let go of their head coach. So what is our standard? We've improved to beat those teams now. Like, are we really at that point that we beat the Raiders at home against uh, their coach who was like a lame duck because he got he was fired a few weeks later with their backup quarterback, their third or fourth string quarterback? I mean, that's the problem I have here is if you're really serious about winning, right? How can you turn on the Jim Harbaugh game against Michigan against Washington, seeing them face adversity? They had a lead. Next thing you know, Washington makes some plays before halftime. First thing they said to Jim Harbaugh on his way off the field, what's important? We got to get momentum back. And did they ever, right? Like, yeah. So to me, you got him on the market. You've got Mike Vrabel on the market. Bill Belichick could be available. I'm just saying, like, Ben Johnson. Any situation makes more sense to me at the head coach position than Matt Eberflus if you want to compete in your own division. And if they're going to sit back and say, well, we need to really evaluate if Justin's good enough to play quarterback and we got rid of Luke Etsy because that wasn't good enough. How is this guy good enough? How is Matt Eberflus keeping his job? He could he picked these people. They came in. They didn't do any good. Now he gets to pick the next group too. And one more thing on that on that point with so many job openings and so many head coaches that are on the market, head typically right. A lot of the coordinators go with their guys, the head coach, right? Think about it, right? If you get a call from Jim Harbaugh. Right, you're gonna go with him over Matt Eberflus. Like, I, I, do you really want to join a coaching staff with Matt Eberflus over <laughs> Jim Harbaugh or Bill Belichick? So exactly. you're, you're you're shooting yourself in the foot with the candidates you have for the coordinating job. That's a great no, point. Makes no sense. That's a great point. And and you know what else? Why is you're on that point? They said during the press conference, I've got more more quotes that the phones have been ringing like crazy or or something like that yeah, of, for the coordinating jobs. Stop. The, the phones were ringing to see if the head coaching job was open. That's what yeah. he should have been yeah, saying. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, I mean, the only thing that is attractive, at least from the offensive coordinating job, is is the quarterback position, potentially. But that's it. But then, but then talk about that. Okay, so you bring in this offensive coordinator. Now we have a weird situation. Let's just go down the hypothetical. They trade Justin Fields, right? They draft Caleb Williams. They bring in an OC. And it's like, hey, just so you know, 
Matt Eberflus is on a needs needs to prove it year with a rookie quarterback and a new OC. Just think about how that doesn't line up. Doesn't yeah. line up at all. Exactly. Exactly. Right. You want to be on the same timeline. Quarterback, head coach, offensive coordinator, and that's not going to happen now. Yeah. And 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 then one more point on the Bears with their with uh with the front office. The, the one more question. I want to get your reaction. They two two questions that were asked. I want to go two two questions that were asked to Ryan Poles today, and I want Sob's reaction. Let's start with the first one about Jim Harbaugh. You mentioned him earlier. They said, um, Ryan, did you call Jim Harbaugh? Did you contact him to be the head coach? He said, no, he's coaching Michigan. The guy said, why didn't you reach out to him? Right. And he said, uh, no. And if you watched his body language, he said, no, I didn't reach out to him. And he points to Matt Eberflus. We're sticking with Matt. We're, we're going with Matt. It was the most non-confident point I've ever seen. My my opinion, watching body language, I'm thinking, Man, that was not – you didn't sell me on this is your guy. But that was my feeling. That's my takeaway. How did you feel about that question and the way he answered it? What do you think? I, you are 100% right. I mean, first off, it's – it's. let's just be honest, right? It's malpractice if he didn't give Jim Harbaugh at least a call, okay? At least a call. Like, if you have that pristine of a head coach on the market who has ties to the Chicago Bears, okay – who would actually have a major advantage over all the head coaches that are on the market because he was in the college. So he knows all about the upcoming drafts and prospects. So he has a major advantage, at least for the next few years. For and you sure. don't give him a call over Matt Eberflus. Okay. And now maybe he was nervous because maybe he did call him, but he didn't want to say that in front of Matt Eberflus to hurt his confidence. So it was just a very awkward scenario. I, I don't know what to believe when it, that came out of that press conference. It seemed like it was just almost as if Ryan Pace was just trying to cover up. Like, and, and what makes me wonder is I don't know if Ryan, I'm sorry, Ryan Poles, I'm sorry, not Ryan Pace. Ryan Poles, I, I don't know if Ryan Poles is just, if he has too much pride to admit that he was wrong, because he chose Eberflus, right? He, he didn't choose Justin Fields, right? But he did yeah. choose Matt, Eberf- Matt Eberflus. Sure so I don't know if that he just has too much pride to admit that, and that's why he's sticking with which I hope that's not the case. But that's what it kind of came off as in the, in the interview. And, and, okay, speaking of too much pride, thank you for that, Sob. The other question I really want your input on. I love, by the way, I want to give a shout out to all the Bears reporters, Chicago Bears reporters. I think they asked every question. Like, I haven't listened to the whole interview. I've listened to the majority of it with those two. I'll listen to Kevin Warren later. I think they asked really good questions. They asked all the questions I wanted to be asked. Obviously, they're professionals. They asked them. I'd ask it a little bit differently, okay? <laughs> but they asked them very clean, appropriate. And one of the next question was, they, they, they brought up C.J. Stroud a few times. Yeah. And they said, based on the way you evaluated you evaluated him. Do you think you miss, like, did you make a mistake in your evaluation with CJ Stroud? He said, no, Saab. I want your reaction to him saying no on that. Okay. So we, we, we briefly spoke about this off here. So I was so happy, so happy when this question got posed. You know why? Because I even said it to you. I said, the bears are so lucky, right? That the Carolina Panthers and Bryce Young sucked, Right. And because they would be getting so much flack because they, they did, they passed on Bryce Young. They passed on CJ Stroud. They passed on Richardson, right? They did. They decided we're going to ride with fields. We're going to pass on these guys right now. They're not getting so much flack because a, the Panthers suck. And it turned out to be one of the greatest trades because they got a number, another number one overall pick in addition to having a future second next in 2025 from Carolina and B right. 
everybody, in fairness to in fairness to polls, everybody didn't know CJ Stroud was going to be this good. Okay, right. so I'm not going to kill him. I'm on passing necessarily. I'm passing up on CJ Stroud. Okay, but I just want a little honesty, like to say, hey, we evaluated the guy. We didn't, you know, our evaluation. We were probably off, as was most people. Right. I mean, let's be honest, the NFL draft, if you look at the success rate for quarterbacks, about 30, 40 percent. OK, yeah. so we're not going to kill the guy for being wrong. We're wrong all the time. OK, no nope. NFL draft experts did not think C.J. Stroud was going to be who he is. Otherwise, he would have clearly there would have been no debate between right. him. and Right. He would have gone number one. Yep. So but I just it goes back to my thing with Ryan Poles and really the Chicago Bears. The you, you, the reason why the hamster keeps running on the keeps running on the wheel is because they don't acknowledge their mistakes. They, they don't, don't. They don't acknowledge their mistakes, and I don't know why. And that's why you'll never get better. You'll never get better. I. That's why they ran like a mom and pop shop. Not a very competitive. Or they're not a competitive organization, right? Oh, Having an owner ownership group should be an advantage. It isn't for the Bears, and I think you have an old organization. They're not wealthy on their own, Sob. I think people they're forget not. this. They're not they're a not. well. They're not a business savvy ownership group, right? They inherited this organization, and I listen. Like we're pro- the Bears are probably like the extreme mom and pop shop for an NFL yes. owner. Let's yeah. go to like the other extreme. Okay, David Tepper is super insanely competitive and has some like issues. Clearly, like can't ha- yeah. can't control it. It's uh, crazy, yeah. right? I-, I would just like somewhere in the middle. Like I n- I don't want their fan base, but I like the way the Eagles do things. Yep. The Eagles gave money to Carson Wentz. They kicked him out of town, right? Like yes. they've, they've had really successful coaches. As soon as it gets bad, you're out. Like it's a, it's, there's a standard though. So when yes. you're coaching there and you're playing there, we win football games here. The uh-huh. bears, you know what they said there in the press conference, they kept talking about how, yeah, our goal is going to be to win the division. And you know, we're inching closer to that. And I'm thinking what a low standard, right? What a low standard in and, and a, and a division. That's not even that it's great. Not great. <laughs> we're not the NFC. You know, we're not the NFC West here, right? right? right. You know, like I'm not trying to, you know, you know, poo-poo on the Lions. You know, the, finally, the poor Lions fans. They finally had a great year, but, but like, let's be honest with you. There's no juggernaut in our division. No, no. I mean, we beat the Lions. We we the two times that the Bears played the top team in the division, and I like the Lions. Obviously, I'm I'm always yeah. rooting for them when I'm they're my NFC North. I'll, I'll root for them when they're not playing the Bears, but they're beatable. Their defense isn't you know world class, so. But their front office and their head coaching staff is on the same page, man. Same yeah. page. 100%. And another thing, another thing with coordinators. How many coordinators have left the Bears for head coaching jobs? I can only think of two. But can you think of anyone during our lifetime? Can you can you name them? I I, I mean the only one I can think of. Um, well, oh, um, the guy who got fired in San Diego. Uh, he was um, Stan uh, Brandon Staley, and he so, was never a coordinator, but he was on the staff. He's like linebacker he was on the staff. So right. that's one. Uh, Ron Rivera, long time ago. Ron Rivera, long time ago. Ron Rivera, long time ago. Um, nobody from the offensive side, that's for sure. Actually, Adam oh, Gates, yeah. remember that? That was oh, Adam Gates. <laughs> yeah. He got but, hired by but the you Jets. You know what? He got yeah. he got really minted with. He was with Peyton Manning, came to the Bears, had a good year yes. with Cutler, and he dipped. So, and then obviously Vic Fangio. But I mean, if you really think about it, our lifetime, it doesn't happen because they're never good enough. Like you have to be winning games consistently. Right, you don't develop yeah. coordinators, you don't develop quarterbacks. So the whole the whole situation is very interesting. I was very unimpressed with the um, with the, the press conference, and just overall, my takeaway is next year we're going to be having a press conference at the end of the year, and I'm and I'm going to guess Eberflus is fired. Okay, mm-hmm. if depending on which way they go, but if they go with a rookie quarterback, 
maybe they have to stick it out with him. But I just I would put money on Eberflus being fired. And in my opinion, Sab, for accountability, if Eberflus is fired next year as the head coach because he doesn't get the job done. Ryan Poles should be fired too because it was his decision to take him. Okay, and I, I don't have patience for if if you, and, and one more thing. If they don't take Caleb Williams and they stick with Fields and Caleb Williams plays well, you can't evaluate quarterbacks. You can't be our GM anymore. That too. What do you think about that? Uh, I, I, I mean, th- th- there's no debate. This is this is. I, I literally said this uh, even before the Eberflus news. Ryan Poles' job is on the line this offseason, right? And let's be honest. There's only 32 GM jobs. He may never get another GM job, and depending on how this summer goes. Agreed. Okay. Uh, he. And and the thing is, is he's in such a golden position, right? That he has this number one overall pick, and he has a he has a young, talented quarterback right now on his roster. But if he doesn't get, I mean, it's, it's, it seems right now he's not getting the head coaching spot right. And if he doesn't get the quarterback spot right as well, he's gone. He's Agreed. done. So give me this. I'll wrap up the Bears with. Give me a summary of what would you do if you had if you were if you step into Ryan Poles right now. You can zoom up to draft night. You can fast forward. What are you doing with the QB, QB position? What's your vision for the team in 2024? What does Saab do? Yeah. So very quickly, I don't think I, I have seen enough of the field's experiment to know that I'm not committing to him as my franchise quarterback. Okay. I'm not paying him $40, $50 million a year. Right? And people are like, well, where's that number coming from? If you look at the market, everyone's getting paid above $40 million or below 12. There's no middle market anymore. Yeah. And I'm just not paying $40 million for Justin Fields. That's, that's a fact. Um, so, you know, then the question really becomes down to your scouting evaluation. Okay. It really comes out to doing like, let's say me and you are, you know, running the bears right now. We got, I would spend hundreds and hundreds of hours reviewing tape and interviewing Caleb Williams, Drake, May, Bo Nix, Jaden Daniels, all of them. Right. Not just Caleb, Caleb Williams. Cause who knows? We, we, right. How, how can we, how do we not know Drake May's better? How do we not know, you know, uh, you know, Penix is better, you Penix, know, I, right. Yeah. Who, who doesn't know that? So, um, and what I would do is if I if I strongly believe in one of these guys as a franchise quarterback, right? Then I'm drafting whoever that is at number one, and I'm and, and I'm moving on from Fields. But let's say I, for whatever reason, even though it's a highly touted quarterback pros, uh, class, right? We never know, right? Like I said, the hit rate's about 40 percent. Then I'm looking at okay, is there a guy who maybe I don't you know absolutely love? Right. But I like. okay, And I want to maybe take a shot on later if that's the case. And I don't know why people don't ever think about this. You know, you don't if that's the case where you don't have a clear franchise guy, why not keep fields trade down? okay, and take a guy later in the draft, maybe at the end of the first or beginning of the second. Right. And and, and people were like, well, Justin Fields might get his feelings hurt. Well, who cares? It's a business. Yep. Right, I mean, if you're that if you're that guy, go compete and win, win the job, win the job, yeah. win the job. That is that simple, right? Win the job over Bo Nix or or or, or even even the guy from Michigan, Aaron Rodgers. It was a MVP season or was uh, was going into one. Aaron Rodgers, Hall of Famer. They drafted a quarterback in the first round. He played yes. three more years with them. Hundred percent. So you know, I mean, that that's how I look at it. So it really comes down to really your your scouting evaluation. If you believe, hey, Caleb Williams is it. He's the franchise guy that I'm taking him. I'm trading fields. If you're, if you're not that confident in any of these guys, um, but you like them, then I would take a shot later in the draft and keep. Okay. 
I love it. That's what Saab would do. I think he's uh he's onto something, and I I tend to agree with him one hundred percent. So nothing more for me now. Let's switch gears, and I want Saab's. I got you for another five minutes or so here. Okay. Uh-huh. I want your picks of each playoff game this weekend. Okay. Are you okay. ready? Okay. Yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready. All right, cool. All right. All right. So- we got we got Saturday. 3.30 kickoff, you got the Cleveland Browns. I'm going to set them up for everyone listening. you got the Cleveland Browns, Miles Jarrett's defense, Joe Flacco going off the whole rest of the second half of the season. Playoff Joe on the road against the Houston Texans. Who wins that game? I'm nervous. I'm nervous for this game. But I'm going to – I start. I started riding with this team from day one, Cleveland. I believe in this team. I think they can make a deep run. I just like their defense. And I think Joe Flacco, man, he's fearless. He's got the experience. C.J. Stroud, he's the better quarterback, no doubt. But lack of experience, give me the Browns. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna lean with you. I'm gonna I'm gonna say it's gonna be because I don't think the Texans can protect him enough to, for him to get the ball on the field. So I'm leaning Browns too. All right, next game Saturday night. I believe this game's on Peacock. Everyone's freaking out about it, right? <laughs> I think it's this is the Peacock yeah, game. Yeah. This is the Peacock game. <laughs> okay, uh-huh. you got Tyreek Hill, probably Offensive Player of the Year, if not right there with CMC. One of those two guys is going to win the award. Uh, they're going from the nice uh, sunny state of Florida. And they're going into what is reported to be maybe one of the coldest games in history in Arrowhead against the Chiefs, against Patrick Mahomes. Who do you got in that matchup? I got Kansas City. I know they haven't looked great, but the reason is is that I just think the Dolphins have just they have too many injuries, especially on defense. Jalen Phillips, Bradley Chubb out. I think they're getting uh, Waddle back for this game, but who knows how you know how how you know, great he'll be as far as you know how coming back from injury. I just think the Dolphins have too many injuries, plus the cold weather. I'm taking I'm taking the Chiefs. All right, moving right along. Sunday at noon, my fa- honestly, my favorite time to watch a game. I love Sunday noon games. Sunday at noon, you got the Steelers on the road with, I believe, who's their quarterback right now? It's not it's not Pickett. Is Pickett going to play? He's still out. I don't right? think they, I think it's I think it's Rudolph. It's Rudolph still right. So Mason Rudolph, man, looking like uh, Clark Kent out there. He's going on the road to play against. Uh, Josh Allen in Bills Mafia. Who you got there? I did. I'm not going to lie. I did like the Steelers to upset, but that was before the TJ Watt injury news that he's out. Um, And and it's going to be also, the weather is going to be really bad up in Buffalo. So I really do think the Steelers can steal this. I think the line of, you know, minus 10 for the Bills is crazy. It's way too high. I would definitely take the Steelers with the points, but I think just with – you know, not having TJ Watt, I think the Bills can score enough points, and I'll, I'll take the Bills at home. All right, next two games are amazing storylines. NFL scriptwriters got it right. You got the Green Bay Packers on the road against McCarthy and the Cowboys. Crazy McCarthy coached there for so long, won a Super Bowl. Who you got in that matchup? How about them <laughs> You already know, man. No, no. In all honesty, I, I think it's going to be a great game. I really like Jordan Love. I think that he can and he can expose this Dallas defense for sure. Um, yeah, they have a great pass rush, but I think that with Aaron Jones being able to have the running game, that's where you can expose the Cowboys is in the running game. Um, so I really like the, it's going to be a close game, but I just think Dallas at home, they're going to be some home cooking. And unlike the Chicago bears, they'll be able to expose that, uh, Joe Barry defense. So I like the Dallas Cowboys. All right. Moving right along. Another really great storyline. You've got the LA Rams with Matthew Stafford, who was drafted by the lions. We used to see him all the time. I love me some Matthew Stafford. He's going on the road where Jared Goff will be hosting him with the Lions. We know, we all know about the trade that went down. This is an amazing storyline. Who you got in this game? Great coach. Hey, and uh, Campbell. I like the Rams. I do. I just think that the, the Rams, 
offense is the top five offense. They're going to be able to score on that Detroit defense. It's just very, 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 very flawed. And the Detroit Lions, I believe Sam Laporta is out. If not out, he'll be limited, which is a huge weapon. He's been the best tight end in the league. I don't think that they'll have enough firepower to keep up with the Rams. I like the Rams to steal it. I like Stafford. Yeah, I think they have the coaching edge too. Just And I love Campbell, but I think the coaching edge goes to the Rams. All right, last game of the week. Uh, ben, I know Ben's listening. Ben's a big Bucks fan, but we've got our, uh, Ben is a great friend of mine in Sob, so we know he's listening to this one. You got the Eagles, who have looked like probably the like they should be drafting in the top ten of the NFL draft right now. You got them going on the road to play the Bucks. They played earlier in the year. I want to point out a few drops by Mike Evans could have been a much closer game. Teams are playing way differently right now. Who you got in that game? I like the Bucks. I really do. I like the Bucks. Stop said. I just think that. The Eagles, they have too many issues. The AJ Brown's out. You know the defense is terrible. It's one of the worst defense in the league. I thought the Bucks may not be able to score enough points. I think you know they could take a few shots with Mike Evans. I think they could score enough to to beat this Philly uh, Philly offense. I agree. Well, hey, that that wraps up the this show with uh, Saab as our plus one. Saab, it's been so much fun. We'll have yeah. you on again, hopefully throughout the playoffs. And then you know there's other things I'd love to talk to you about in the doctor world, and also being a dad. We'll get to that yeah. next time. So, hey, keep doing what you're doing, man. We love you over here from the Plus One. Again, another returning guest, man. Thank you, brother. Appreciate it. Peace out. Peace out, brother.